If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Dude, I'm kind of surprised. I, I think maybe we've touched this topic briefly, but for 155 episodes, we really haven't touched China. And, you know, the country, the, the, the way of life, and, you know, all that that sort of entails on a global scale. I mean, I've, you know, it's come up maybe in passing, obviously, coronavirus conversations and, you know, the origins. Um, but I, I really don't think we've discussed the country and uh, their leadership in any regard. Yeah, and also, and also uh, their impact on, 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 on the world stage. Because um, mm-hmm. I know I've had conversations with uh, family and friends about China's impact in Jamaica. Right, mm. um, much less Canada and, and across the world. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're you're 100 right. Uh, it's funny that we haven't uh, had an episode on it, but I, I have a feeling uh, we will definitely have to revisit this because there's just so many layers and issues that that um, layers to China and issues that flow out of China. And 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 we and we can thank uh, one of our listeners, Trevor, uh, for requesting this show. Mm. Mm-hmm. Shout yeah. to Trevor. Yeah, and and you know, bringing up essentially, and this is this is a, I'll say the issue for me that that's with what happened in 2020 and all that's gone on there, mm-hmm. and the political NBA in China was was like the hypocrisy was hitting me in the face every time, <laughs> and and like I don't mean it. I don't say that to diminish any sort of conversation that that should or shouldn't have. Like uh-huh. that, that's not the point. Right, like the point though is that currently ongoing, the most egregious violation of group of people, right, with the Uyghur Muslims and what happened with the NBA, sort of being silenced on any conversation on that topic, but they want to talk about other injustices and give it a full, you know, roll out the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, that's the hypocrisy. It's not the issues themselves. But but the nature of the issues obviously different, but you know let's say from a societal injustice perspective, they're both those type of topics. One of them gets a red carpet. One of them gets slap on the wrist, silence. You don't talk like that. It's uh yeah, like I said, the hypocrisy was hitting me in the face every time. You know yeah. that stuff was was going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um- so for the listener, uh, we're going to hit three points on about China. So one, uh, we're going to look at uh, Trudeau, uh, uh, his speech to the EU parliament and his uh, criticisms of Vladimir Putin. And, and so he, he gets criticized. I don't know if you, anybody saw the footage, but he gets criticized. Um, and he was, they said that he admires uh, the Chinese in regards to their basic dictatorship. So so that kind of was a point that we wanted to hit and address um, that event. And then the second one is uh, on the Andrew Lawton show through True North. Uh, he, he had a show on the Chinification of Canada. And then, and then uh, uh, the listener Trevor uh, s- uh, sent us uh, two articles in relation to like Joel just said, China and the NBA. And so we'll hit that to close. And then, and then the final question uh, with the two cents would be, uh, Joel and I will answer, is Canada being Chinified? So um, just to you know, go back to your uh, Trudeau, um, just to make sure the listener's aware, there's a quote, I think it's from when Trudeau was like first elected or maybe when he was first running. And he mm-hmm. has this comment, I have this ad- admiration for China's basic dictatorship. And he's like, it has their ability. It's given them the really? ability. Yeah, that's what he said. Right? So he has Oh, this, so he really said that? Yes, 100%. But this is like 2015, 2017 timeframe that okay. he said that comment. Okay. Um, and, and then his, so his follow-up comment, which I disagree is true, 
But he says, oh, because of their central planning, they have the ability to turn their economy around on a dime. So, so this is the context of that quote, the original quote. Now, okay, I, I, I didn't know. I, I thought, I thought the person was just, uh, just saying that. For- you're, you're seeing it show up in a lot of snippets. That clip. So, a lot of people are criticizing Trudeau because of the parliament. You, you know, the EU parliament stuff is, <laughs> let's just call it a dumpster fire. Like, you know, Trudeau's getting blasted by a handful of uh, MPs from around the world. Right. Um, and hold on. And for the listeners, so on March 23rd, uh, 2022, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau addresses the European Parliament in Brussels. The Prime Minister, is in, uh, he was in Belgium on a two-day official um, visit during which he will also attend, uh, he was attending the meetings of the G7 and NATO leaders concerning the ongoing Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say some Canadian alternative media criticized that trip as a photo op, as opposed to you know, something productive. Um, mm-hmm. So then you have Trudeau in, in the, the parliament giving some speeches and, and people are mocking him because the things he's saying are, are counter to the perspective the world has taken to his response to the trucker convoy. So he's making all these comments about, you know, protect democracies, you know, rights, all this like, you know, language about the importance of upholding democracy, but but he's receiving worldwide criticism for his handling and violating of rights of protesters. Right. The best example of this is when they had the con was it India had its convoys and protests, and this was the farmer um, concept or, or the farmer protest that we talked about. Um, what was it called? No farmers, no food. Right around that time, there was a similar protest in uh, i want to say india and and anyways trudeau was was sort of giving some praise well you have you know people from that country going like oh now that you have the you know you're not you're not holding the same tune when it's in your country and so the similar type of hypocritical criticisms towards trudeau were happening in the parliament if you look at eu parliament when trudeau's giving a speech nobody's there like it's a ghost town most people have left. Some one of the the MPs was like, "Why don't you spare us your presence and leave?" <laughs> like mm-hmm. he was getting bombed. But anyways, so let's go back to um, the speech where he's criticizing Putin. Um, what uh, what about that? Uh, did did you want to bring to the listeners' attention? Uh, I I thought. <laughs> well, initially when I. <laughs> I shout out to uh, I think it was I think it was Phil, uh, Phil Thomas sent it to me, um, and shout out to Phil Thomas and Afterwatch uh, podcast and Lavar, you guys should check it out. Uh, Afterwatch is slamming. They give great reviews on shows that shows TV shows and all that stuff. And okay, yeah. So Phil sent it to me, <laughs> and when he when he sent it to me, I didn't I didn't really read the caption. I was like, if you know, Phil. Usually, Phil's one of those guys who never really, who never really sends me anything. But when he sends me something, you know, it's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he sent it to me, and I didn't. I just watched it. I was like, okay, you know, Phil doesn't send me foolishness, so let me check it out. And so I was watching it, and you know, he was giving his speech, and he was um, talking about how you know we need to you know practice democracy, stand up for justice, and people's freedoms, and. As I was watching it, I, you know, man, my, man, my, 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 my biscuit started to bake. Uh, I was getting heated. My stomach was starting to turn. I started, to, I was starting to feel sick. I felt like throwing my phone because he was, you know, I'm, I'm here. And to me, he, he sounds like a hypocrite mm-hmm. and he's just posturing and it's just rubbing me the wrong way. Uh, and then, um, it, it flips to, um, that other, um, MP person. I'm not sure her name. And then she launched off on him <laughs> and called him out on the world, called the man out on the world stage. And afterwards I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it made, and the reason why I think it was important was because this was on the world stage. So sometimes we feel like, you know, um, you, you know, like when you have drama well, in your own just, home. Just for context, EU as opposed to UN, but, but basically the world stage. Sorry. Just, yeah. Just, well, I mean, I, sorry, when I mean world stage, I mean, I'm sure the, the, the clip went viral. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, and people enough. seeing that, 
And so, you know, kind of like how you have issues in your own home, you know, you, you and Jenna have your issues. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes you don't know what, what other people, how other people see you. And so mm. it felt good. It felt good to know that people are seeing what's really going on over here. Cause sometimes you think, oh, like, oh, you know, you guys seem okay over here. But I'm like, no, we're, no, we're, we're, we're not okay. Uh, so, so I was, I was happy that, um, that those comments were made. And there was also another person, um, uh, and it's, uh, uh, and this is from an article from the CBC and it says, uh, what did the MEPs say about Trudeau? Describing Trudeau as someone who tramples fundamental human rights and freedom. So this is another person other than the lady who we saw talking. Um, so describing Trudeau as someone who tramples fundamental human rights and freedoms, independent Croatian MEP, Mislav Kolshevik said Canada once stood for civil rights, but now seems more like a dictatorship of the worst kind. Under your quasi-liberal boot in recent months, um, he said, uh, we watched how you trample, you trample women with horses, how you block the bank accounts of single parents so that they can't even pay their children's education and medicine that they can't pay utilities mortgages for their homes. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and there's another guy uh that that went off on him too. Uh there's like there th those were the two really good speeches and and she's the one that that says spare us your presence mm -hmm. as as mm -hmm. like her closing line or her punchline to to really just let's say yeah. hit it home. Yeah. Uh, and so, but but I, and and I guess part of it too, the accusation that 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 he loves China dictatorship, and then you bringing up that quote, I didn't know, I didn't know that was an actual thing. Um, but yeah, that quote actually goes back to it sound eight years ago, twenty thirteen. Okay, what it looks like. Okay, yeah, yeah, but um, but I'm glad. But but for the listeners um, who didn't know, who might not have been following, didn't know that this was a thing. Um, yeah, um, I, I thought it was good that that this was that we heard how others see us and especially you know him talking about you know putin right it, it, that's what i was like i was like yo who, who are you to talk man like come on man stop this <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm sure enough canadians were kind of watching and they're like come on man stop it now yeah but you gotta stop canadians that are like just oh he's so right oh bravo bravo like you know i i agree <laughs> with you of course but but there's a bunch of people like I mean I see it today, you know there there's people sort of mocking the protests that are still going on. Like what freedoms have you lost? What are you talking? It's like, like again, let's get straw man free, let's get serious, let's be, you know. This is what's frustrating, you know, for for me at least, where where this show idea comes from because, the fact that people just want to hold like, you know turn up to their team while well, the liberals say we should do this. So therefore we know they're respecting their rights because otherwise it would be illegal and it'd be on the new. So yeah. I know I'm being a little ridiculous, but I just say, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, unfortunately in our own country and, and across the world, there's many people who are, you know, they're authoritarians. And, and I would say that's because they're, they're risk adverse. They're so risk adverse. They'd rather be, t everybody be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now uh, in regards to the, and then I saw uh, this video of uh, the Chinification of Canada. And I thought that was an interesting, I thought that was an interesting word, uh, Chinification of Canada. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if those comments Trudeau made early in his career um, are telling of, of the future and where he um, stands uh, politically in regards to the future of the country. And so there was, a, and we'll put the, this link in the show notes, and it's from um, the Andrew Lawton show, Chinification of Canada. Uh, and in the caption, it says, um, in the last two years, the federal government has um, have vastly expanded their power in the name of public health and constitutional challenges have thus far been unsuccessful at stopping it. It still stands to be seen whether courts will condemn Justin Trudeau's invocation of the Emergencies Act uh, which was used to conscript tow truck drivers, limit free expression, and freeze bank accounts. And then in an Epic Times op-ed, constitutional lawyer Bryce Perdy and economist Patricia Adams write that Canada needs a new constitution 
Parody and Adams joined True North's The Andrew Lawton Show for an in-depth discussion about the similarities between Canada and China when it comes to social credit, press freedom, and the rise of the state, right? And for those of you who don't know, uh, Bruce Parody is, is the executive director of uh, the Rights Probe uh, and the professor of law at Queen's University. And then Patricia Adams is an economist and the uh, president of Energy Probe Research Foundation. And yep. so they were going back and forth about uh, it was a good how, episode. Highly recommend it. How, how there's connections between? Um, do, do you think it's warranted though? Do, do you think uh, do you think the connections were warranted in regards to um, the idea of because China they have this idea of social credit? Um, we in a sense um, because of COVID and the COVID mandate, the vaccine uh, mandates, we've kind of we're, we're kind of they're saying that we're we're. Um, indirectly moving towards this idea of social credit, uh, meaning that, for example, uh, so if you're vaccinated, um, you can work for the government. You can, you can leave the country. Yeah, you, you get these special, kind of things. You get special privileges. Yes, if you do what and, you're told. Yes, and and then and then there's um, the press freedom. Now in, in China, uh, it's more of a heavy hand with the press freedom, and with ours, it's it's. It, it's indirect. It's not heavy hand. It's more subsidized where you have uh, CBC and other um, outlets being subsidized by the government. Yeah. They're, they're openly communist <laughs> and we're not. And then, and then the, and then of course the rise of the state. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. What do you think, Joel? Um, okay. So I think there's a lot of depth here. I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to put, um, I'll call it a playlist of episodes. There's a, there's a show that I don't listen to it as much anymore. But I've referenced a few episodes from it. Uh, the podcast called Hidden Forces, and there's like four or five episodes. One of them goes all the way back to 2019, even uh, on China that I was listening to, sort of again in preparation, and I've listened to them before. But this guy um, is there's one of the interviews really talks about you know China's approach to the world and the the growth and and the way that they've sort of recovered. Um, and then there's some tying in with Taiwan, Hong Kong, all those things come up in the in these episodes. But the point that that is an interesting he, that that relates here is, um, and I I don't think it was the Andrew Lawton conversation. If I if I'm mistaken, maybe you'll remind me. I've I've listened to way too many things, so sometimes the where did I hear this idea from gets bled into the other one. Mm-hmm. But there's this there's an aspect that China was part of the world economy, and China was sort of an anomaly to the world. Everybody else. And there was this viewpoint that eventually China would sort of see the benefits of, let's call it democracy, and, and eventually assimilate with the world was somewhat of was the view. And if anything, right now is demonstrating to us with what's going on with Russia and the ties with China and Russia, that really that, that was a utopian perspective. And so um, if anything, what we're seeing is that they're subversive ways is is actually increasing totalitarianism across the world as opposed to our democratic ways diminishing their totalitarian and and so i on a very high level um i think that that there the ties and the influences across the board is something that you know we really don't understand and and again one of the, the conversations i was listening to was talking about think about it from a a media perspective. So you talked about their media being very heavy, heavy handed. Mm-hmm. But what that means is not just because of the way that their system, their whole country operates and is so heavy handed, the ability for let's call it non-government news to get out, even in our news media is very difficult, right? Now, obviously, when it comes to like war and their actions in war, of course, we're, we're going to have our commentary on it. But, but if you're talking about the investment portfolio and you know, companies that are invested in with, you know, on a, let's say, a mutual fund in Canada or a mutual fund in the States, those companies are under a heavy-handed governmental media system. Mm-hmm. And so the disclosures from those companies, the publications from those companies are going to be filtered through that government. And so, you know, there, there was a simple statement a lot in one of the podcasts that's something like our news media actually propagates 
what their government has told. Right? Like, we actually continue their propaganda. Now, obviously in a diminished way, with our commentary on it, without the, you know, con- same level of concern. Sorry, sorry. I, what do you mean by that? We um... so, so when their government has such an influence on their news, mm-hmm. the ability for us in our North America to know the truth, like let's say their, their, their media was outright lying, chances are our news media is going to repeat the lie because we don't have the ability to identify that it's a lie. Okay, okay. Right? And so, I mean, the, 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 level, the reason I brought up the mutual fund stuff is one of, the comp, one of the guys was mentioning that normally the standard level of audits that our country, companies would be, sorry, within a mutual fund, the level of audits that they would normally require for a Canadian or a U.S. company, they're not requiring that from, you, from a, a Chinese company. And, and so there's little things like that that play into the deception and the cloudiness that we have towards what's really going on in China. And so the point or the importance here is that China's influence is spreading, is the way that I would sort of... And, and the reason its influence is spreading is because people are willing to capitulate to their approach, right? Oh, you don't want your... Con- China's not letting us require an audit. Well, we want to partner with China because we think it's profitable, so we're just going to let that slide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? But that's, that is perpetuating China's way of life. In, it's, it's becoming influential on our investments, in the example I've just laid out. And so, um, you know, go back to this conversation in general, is Canada being Chinified? I think there's a little bit of sensationalization there, but if we take the authoritarian sort of Chinese credit score concepts, yes, those things are happening here. Now, some people will point to certain things. I don't know if you've seen this link on Canada's website. There's a point about China's social credit score, but for the most part, the link is like informing Canadians how you would you know, interact with it if you were going over there mm-hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, here's how we're rolling it out here. But it's easy to misinterpret what the link is saying if you're not sort of, if you just, you know, come across the link, you're like, what the, this is on Canada.ca? What's going on? Okay, well, it's in the tourism section. It's under, you know, so I, I just say that to like, we need to have a sober second thought when we see something that someone's sent potentially sensationalized mm-hmm. so yeah what, what's your two cents on on you know canada being chinified or um you know chinification yeah well i think uh in light of uh the beijing olympics uh coming up you know canada has uh chosen to to uh, boycott uh, right? uh, well okay so you said coming up you mean came up Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um but but Canada's Canada's boycott was like it was tokenism, man. It didn't mean anything. Oh, we're not going to send any delegates to do bureaucracies. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we still send all our athletes. That's not a, like Yeah, because it, yes. <laughs> yeah, because it was a it was a it was a diplomatic boycott. So yeah, so 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 the tokenism. athletes still go. <laughs> right now Granted, I heard you know I've heard horrible things about the living conditions and whatnot, but yeah, well, yeah, because they're they're boycott boycotting what was going on with the um the, the Uyghur Muslims. Yeah, the Uyghur Muslims. But but that was like this is why I call it tokenism because that came after the public was calling for something, mm-hmm. right? Like this wasn't a proactive like if they were being proactive, it would have been months in advance before the news is really starting to ramp up. We're taking a moral position again. No, no. They were forced to do something because the the political um, culture was calling for it, and so in my opinion, I didn't I didn't take it as meaningful at all. Like it was a joke. Now mm-hmm. I boycotted the Olympics. You I, did? I didn't watch. I dude, I didn't watch a single sport, including hockey. Now it did help that the the NHL players didn't go. Um, 
because so it was, they sent the amateurs. Yeah, it was an amateur tournament, basically. Like outside of the NHL, I'm sure you know pros in Europe were all going. I, honestly, I don't even know if we won. Like I, I have no idea. I don't know how many medals we won. I have, I didn't, I didn't pay attention at all. China was the the reason for that. I normally sort of like watch it. I care. Do we win? How are we doing? There's a couple. Okay, what sports do I want to watch? I literally think I watched like five minutes of the decathlon where there was like a shooting thing on, you know, where they're like, where they lie down and they shoot the targets as part of the, like the ski um, mm-hmm. relay. I think it's decathlon triathlon. I don't remember. Anyways, but I, I, I was like, you know, both the, the China factor, but also, you know, much of the bread and circus factor um, has always sort of turned me off of it. So normally I'm sort of like limited in my Olympic take-in. And this was just like, nope, I have no reason at all. So I would argue the citizens of Canada doing that, which I think happened on a large scale, like a lot, a lot of people tuned into the Olympics. Like the numbers yeah. are, are pretty bad. Oh, um, really? Yeah. I think, I think China's a major reason for that, but I think that is way more meaningful than what Canada did as a country. What was? The fact that the Canadian viewers decided, I'm not watching. Now, it will be even more meaningful if the next Winter Olympics, the numbers go relatively back up. Because that will, be, that will solidify that this was a, a signal towards the country, not we don't really care about Olympics anymore. Right? Like, it's not an overall diminishing of numbers for, you know, Olympic viewership. But rather, it's a, no, I wasn't, I, I refuse to watch because of China. So. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it, it, might, it might take some time. But my point is, that is way more meaningful than Canada not sending the diplomats to go, you know, eat fancy meals and have conversations. Right, right, right. And, and also, just also want to clarify for the listeners, um, for those who aren't familiar. Um, so, in regards to what's going on with the Uyghur um, Muslims, so it says here, this is an article from the BBC, and it says China has been accused of committing crimes against humanity and possibly genocide against the Uyghur population and other mostly uh, Muslim ethnic groups in the northwestern region of Xinjiang. Uh, human rights groups believe China has detail, detained more than 1 million Uyghurs against their will over the past few years in a large network of what the state calls re-education camps and sentenced the hundreds of thousands to prison terms. There is also evidence that Uyghurs are also being used as, um, as forced labor and of, and of women being forcibly uh, sterilized. Some for, former camp uh, detainees have also alleged they were tortured and sexually abused. The U.S. is among several countries to have accused China of committing genocide in Xinjiang. Uh, the leading human rights group, Amnesty and Humanity and Human Rights Watch, have published reports accusing China of crimes against humanity. Now, of course, China denies all allegations of human rights abuses in Xinjiang, uh, claiming its system of re-education camps are there to combat uh, separatism and Islamist mili- militancy in the region. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm, we're going to post this uh, clip, but it shows um, there's this um, satellite image that shows a rapid construction of campus in Xinjiang. Uh, from 2015 uh, to 2020 to now. But um, yeah, we'll put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's and, crazy. Well, and this is where, um, you know, you've got, what was the, there's two major ones that came up. So I don't know if you remember, John Cena had a similar issue where he- What do you mean? With, with sort of not speaking correctly to China. Now, it's, it's a different issue. But I, the reason, I think it had to do with um, either Hong Kong or Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So, so John Cena made some sort of comment about, you know, pro one of those two and, mm. and then had to like backtrack and, and apologize and said some, I remember there's like some video of him speaking, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese or something, um, you know, sort of like, I'm sorry if I offended you. Right. So, but then 
the reason the relevance here is something very similar happened. I think it was with a handful of players, but it might have been an owner even. With what? Made a comment when they were doing like, you know, the NBA was, I don't know if it was preseason games or they were doing a handful of games. Daryl Morey? Yeah, I think I think that's the one. If the yeah, Daryl. Yeah, uh, Daryl Morey. Uh, he had, uh, yeah, he had a tweet uh, um, that criticized China, and and it was in regards to to sweatshops and the Uyghur Muslims, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken, um, uh, to double check, but yeah, but and and the same type like the NBA got like it was just like it was crazy to watch it all go down because there was this like what it was it was a couple of players. Because it was like one person's comment, and a couple of people were starting to agree with him. The guy, like, I think it was the tweets that you were talking about. And then it was like basically like a radio silence. No, we're shutting this down. We got to go the other direction. We need to start praising China, and, or we're going to lose the market kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, definitely um, it put the NBA in a bad spot because uh, the NBA has, has a huge audience in China. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks to um, you know when uh, um, when uh, Yao Ming was oh. it was was doing his thing in the NBA, um, and that helped uh, to to build uh, the the followers and the fan support in China for the NBA. And so you know, of course, you know, um, Ch- China's a big basketball country. If y'all didn't know, um, they love basketball and they love their NBA, and a lot of NBA players. Uh, during the off season, did they do they do tours in China uh, to meet their fans, meet and greets, and things like that, um, and do events. And then even some of those whose whose careers um, came to an end, they'll pick it back up in China. Um, mm. So so there's a huge connection. So so the criticism that that was given by Daryl Morey, uh, the the Chinese government uh, stopped playing um, when he was. Um, now that that with the, that he's with the Sixers, um, you know you can't get Sixer games in China, mm-hmm. right? Trying to send a message. Yep, yep. Well, and and I'll go back to the Yao Ming. You know, I worked I worked at the Air Canada Center in that era. Man, it was insane when they came to town in Toronto. Hi, I'm Darnell Samuels. You may remember me from such podcasts as Thanks Coach and The Sixth Sense Report. When Joel and I are not studying for the next episode, we're paying bills for hosting and production. If you want to help us out, you can make a donation of any amount by clicking the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. If you broke, don't worry about it. You can subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast catcher. If you did this already, then you can share the show with a friend. Joel Jeezy and I appreciate your support. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Oh yeah? Like like it was just like one of those games where like the doors open, the stadium's full. Instantly. You know, like everybody's just there they want to be there as soon as the game starts like as soon as the doors open right like nor- normally you go to, to whether it's leafs raptors whatever you know you get this like slow moving crowd everybody sort of comes and goes they got leaf games it's usually doors open an hour raptors an hour and a half on on the weekends at least mm-hmm. um like let's say it's a sunday game which it probably was because it's a premium game it like an hour and a half before the game they open the doors and this place is crowd like it's rammed like it was just, it was, you know, a spectacle and think, you know, whether that's, and, and I want to say like largely a, a high proportion of the, the, the attendees were Chinese, right? Like there was, mm-hmm. there was a, a sort of like, you know, a cultural piece that went with him that I didn't see with any other player, which doesn't surprise me how many, you know, Chinese NBA players there are in contrast to the other countries around the world. And obviously a guy of his magnitude, right? He was a superstar just with his size alone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and of course, uh, you know, and then they had Tracy McGrady back then. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so Chase McGrady was a star. Yeah, yeah, but even but it's funny because even um, when when Daryl Morey made those comments, he he wasn't with the Sixers. He was actually with the Rockets, and and the Rockets. <laughs> if you really think about it, like like kind of like I'll, I'll put it this way, you know, the Toronto Raptors are Canada are Canada's team, right? Mm-hmm. The Houston Rockets. It's China's team. team. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so when he when he made those comments, you know, the government sent a message uh, to the commissioner of the NBA, like, look, if, if your guys are gonna come out here and take shots, um, you know, we're gonna put a dent in your pockets. And yeah, and then um, they were um, they were basically stopping um, the showing of uh, rockets games and things like that. Yeah, and and that's I mean, it's interesting. It's very interesting, but. But this is where, you know, we can draw some crazy parallels to the level of cancellation that the government's trying to pull, right? Freezing of bank accounts. You're you're literally trying to cancel people. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I if I don't have my bank account, <laughs> like you're basically saying like, no, you can't participate in modern life, mm-hmm. right? So so that is a parallel tactic. To China. Now, totally different spectrum. We're talking about sports, teams, you know, leagues being sort of punished for their behavior by the country. But if you believe in freedom of speech, other, you know, not to say that there aren't consequences for the things you say, but to essentially protest that you think the government isn't doing something you like and the government decides to cancel you. Again, we're not. You know, if anyone wants to to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, again, all the blockades were closed. We're not talking about blockades. We're talking about protesters in Ottawa who at most deserved a parking ticket for their actions. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it, I think there's a lot, especially with what we've seen in the last couple months in Canada. Trudeau's comment, the reason why that quote is coming up, his praising of the basic dictatorship is because He's continually to behave like a dictator. Now, that said, people were calling, uh, apparently, I want to say the Toronto Star, I could get it wrong. I remember recently seeing a headline about the number of times that Stephen Harper was called a dictator. And the reason the article was there was because people were sort of uh, dismissive or or diminishing that, oh, calling Trudeau a dictator is, you know, essentially like, Poor politics, right? Like it's sort of a degree, you know. They're sort of calling the the those people with those type of criticisms, you know, unfit for com, you know, being part of the public discourse. But you know, that's not something new, is my point here. Um, but I, at least, I would say that Trudeau's behavior, at the minimum, has trended towards dictator type of behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for those who are wondering what uh, Maury said uh, that, that caused the firestorm, uh, so uh, so he said, um, this was like October 4th, a couple of years ago. Uh, let me see what he did. Oh, is it? Uh, 2019. And uh, Maury said, um, he said, uh, fight for freedom. Stand with Hong Kong. Mm. Yes, so you're right. Image, it was a Hong Kong image with a slogan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. shared the image, the slogan: "Fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong." Now it's crazy because you know it wasn't anything like, wow, just that alone um, caused the firestorm um, with, with China and the NBA. And even now, well, now you know, fast forward to today, you know, the issue is more so um, with the sneaker deals um, that that the NBA players have um, in China. Right, so um, about I think it's about fifteen players in the NBA have shoe deals with China. Lucrative, I should also add, <laughs> lucrative <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shoe yeah. deals. When, when I was looking at this, I was like, wait, well, you know, but um, so the the main shoe um, companies for those who follow the war sneakerheads, uh, there's like leaning. Anta Peak and 361. And so, for example, um, uh, Dwayne Wade, who's probably the top guy out of the 15, um, 
he Jimmy signed Butler's with Lee. not bad. J- J- oh, Jimmy Butler has a deal? Yeah, he's on this list. So it's uh, there's an ESPN article that's in the. Okay, okay, okay. I, I didn't realize. Okay, um, so so uh, Dwayne Wade's deal is ten years, seventy five mil. Dude, he's not playing basketball anymore, and so and so what, <laughs> and, and I guess and part of it too is so I, I Yo, don't know Van Fleet's on this. List. Really? Yeah, man. But Van Fleet signed with M one. Who's he signing with? Okay, well, so this article's dated. What's the article? Uh, Anta, I think. Let me just double check. Oh, really? Okay. Well. Uh, well. E- oh well, no, no, Ning. Lee Ning. Lee Ning. Yeah, Lee Ning. So, so uh, now you know. Um, Dwayne Wade. I, I, I like. I um, Dwayne Wade. Basically, they let him uh, turn the shoe deal into like um, a signature deal, where um, you know he kind of has his own signature brand called the Way mm. of Wade. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I which I which I I, I kind of like like the kicks. Um, but ten years, seventy five mil, and then um, what's his name? Um, the shooting guard for the Golden State Warriors, uh, um, Clay Clay Thompson. Um, he signed with Anta, and he has a he has a a ten year eighty mil. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so I, I, the reason, and and then the president of the Players Association, um, CJ McCollum. Uh, he opted out of his Nike deal to sign um, in um, with a with a, with a China uh, shoe company, and so the, uh, I, I bring that up um, to to let you know, like, yeah, this is these are lucrative deals because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't, you know, you only sign with Nike or any name brand, Jordan, whatever, but because the deals are so lucrative, in your mind, you're like, well, yeah, why not opt out of? Because uh, before um, Dwayne Wade was signed to Team Jordan. And then he 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 came out of that contract, which I'm like, well, what's better than Team Jordan? Well, Team Li Ning. <laughs> and um, well, and so now trying he's to create your own Jordans. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And and so the the question I'm bringing up now um, is, you know, the push is now telling these NBA players to cancel those contracts mm-hmm. uh, with China uh, because it's being connected to. Um, 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 the we are Muslim forced labor, the, yeah, yeah, and and the yeah, forced yeah. labor, and, and and so forth, and so, um, Ennis Cantor Freedom, uh, player in the NBA, he's been really outspoken. He he's more like uh, politically right leaning, um, and and he's 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 not part of the good old boys club. Um, he's actually of Turkish descent, mm-hmm. um. And and yeah, so he he he's made it he's made it his thing as a player to be um, outspoken on political issues from from um, from a, from a conservative right perspective, uh, calling out LeBron, calling out Jordan, um, calling out whoever he's got to call out um, for their hypocrisy. But I guess mm-hmm. for the listener mm-hmm. and and you know for you Joel and us thinking like okay, if if somebody came to you and said hey uh, we want you to end that deal. We want you to end your deal with with leaning anta peak or three sixty one, right? You're like, oh, whoa, 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 what, what, huh? Well, hold on, hold on. What, what, what proof do you have of this? What do you mean? Is this is this us just uh, you know, going with the flow? Is like, or do you like, what do you do at that point? No, it's it's a fair like. I mean, you know, these these players that are in these deals. What does that even mean, right? Like. You know, can can you break the deal? What's the escape clause on the deal? Do you basically by you getting out of the deal, does that mean you just don't get paid? Like again, it, it all there's a contract here, right? Like so I, I get the the impetus behind it, but sometimes those things are, you know, easier said than done. Let's put it that way. Right? Like mm-hmm. let, let's say Dwayne Wade's, right? If if Wade somehow says, like, I want to walk away, who who's got rights to the name? Right? Can they still make his shoe, even if he decides to walk away? They just don't get to use his name, his his, you know, him in the advertising. Mm-hmm. Now, park all that because it's it's still a fair question. But but really, my initial thought was, I wonder how many of these players even thought about these things when they signed the deal. And 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 the reason I asked that question is. You, especially the NBA, there's a, 
a demonstration that we care about social justice issues. And and I can have a little bit of grace for, you know, if you take there's I'll put in the show or put in the show notes page the you know, the guy, the warrior's owner, uh part part owner, Chamath, I can't say his last name, but he's the the SPAC investor for anyone who's in that world. Um he was basically like, nobody cares. Now, if I want to give a little grace or a little bit of what is he saying? Well, these things are so far removed from us, like I care more about what's happening in my neighborhood than like halfway around the mm-hmm. country. And and I yes, get that. I totally get that. Right? Like, but if you are on, if your brand is to be about social justice issues, right? Let's take LeBron, who's sort of going down that brand, or he's adding that to his brand. If you're going to sign a contract with somebody, you probably should make sure that they align with your brand. And so that's why I sort of, because when it went through my mind, was like, how many of these players thought about country, the company that they're signing with, and the potential issues? And I can almost guarantee you, none of them even thought, like, these things didn't cross their mind. And the reason I say that is because now when they get, po- like, when they get positioned or pushed by this, you know, let's say, NS Cantor, Freedom. Um, when when he's pushing them on these issues, I'm sure there's a level of like cognitive dissonance or nah, man, it's not that bad. Like you don't know what you're talking about, right? Like they don't want to know because if they mm-hmm. knew, I can almost guarantee you they would walk away from those deals. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me ask you about your two cents regarding the Canada, uh, Chinification of Canada. Is it? Do you feel like we're, we're moving towards that? That's what's actually happening? So as soon as Canada started freezing bank accounts. I posted a comment on Facebook, something to the effect. If you live in Canada, there's never been a better time or there's never been a more important time to get a VPN. So for those who don't know, VPNs, virtual private network, essentially, you know, if you're, if you want to protect your computer when you're accessing public Wi-Fi, a VPN is what most people would use as a means to protect their, you know, computer from being someone else on the same network. But a VPN does more than that too. I can make it appear as if I'm in America and I can some now I can watch American Netflix. But anyways, that's a different purpose for it. The idea though is that you actually protect your internet activity through a VPN. Literally, I bought a 2-year subscription to a VPN. As soon as that happened, not because I'm personally concerned that I did anything wrong, but my government is not trustworthy. It's bottom line. I don't trust them. Why would I? Mm -hmm. They have not acted trustworthy. I would say China's government is not trustworthy. China's government looks out for themselves. From a biblical perspective, from a constitutional perspective, what is the role of a government is not to look out for themselves. It's to look out for the people, to serve the people. Canada's government is trending farther and farther away from serving its people and serving itself. So in, in that sense, I would say, are, have we become China-fied? No. Are, is there a Chinification going on? Yes. Is it specifically related to China? That's a different question. I don't necessarily know. But we are trending to become more like China in its managing of its people to do what they want because they believe they know better as opposed to the will of the people. Mm -hmm. They want to impose their will on the people. What about you? What's your, uh, what's your two cents on that? Do you, do you think Canada's being, I'll ask it a different way is becoming more authoritarian, more communist. Uh, I think I, I I don't, I don't think, uh, Canada's being Chinified. I think, I think Canada is evolving into what um, it's going to be. Uh, I, I like we, we've talked about. This I'd use the words devolving, but continue. Sorry. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Well, the 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 charter. Um. Like they said. Like they said on on the Andrew Lawton show. Uh. 
the chart the charter um, is not working, right? It, mm-hmm. It's it, there, there's um, some inefficiencies in it, and so the government's been trying to has been taking advantage of it, and um, and so as they've been taking advantage of it, yeah, the government's been able to grow and they've been able to work around uh, the charter um, to like freeze bank accounts and and all kinds of foolishness. Um, right. And so I, so I don't think it's necessarily the Chinification. I just think, um, it's, it's the progression of, um, of our government and, and the weakness of our foundation and our Mm -hmm. constitution, right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's Mm -hmm. holes in it. And so, and so that's what we're seeing, but uh, I won't go as far as to say, um, it's being Chinified, uh, per se, like there, there are some, um, connections, but uh, correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation type of thing, but uh, is, is that reason for us to worry? Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily be alarmed to say, oh, we're becoming like China, um, but we're becoming like something, and it isn't good. Um, I don't think we have to, uh, uh, you know, scare people to say, oh, become like China. Well, no, it's already scaring. It's already scary on what we're seeing in in the direction that we're going. So mm-hmm. I would say no. Um, Canada is not being Chinified. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. Um, you know, slightly different words. You're, I think we're saying roughly the same thing. I'm saying yes. You're saying no. But we're we're saying we're trending the, the the direction we're trending in. I think we're in agreement. Whether we call that Chinification or not, um, mm-hmm. I think is semantics to some extent. Um, and and you know the whole digital ID. So you know, social credit score, all those things. Like, I think there's a, there there is conversations to be had there, but I think it gets so sensationalized, right? Like, mm-hmm. our digital ID we already carry around in our pocket, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not much different other than, yes, if the government mandates it and forces it and now ties everything to it, sure, it becomes the key to the social credit score system. But all the current things that the government wants to do to spy on you through your technology it's already possible now they might need a warrant if they're following the rule of law but Mm -hmm. the functions or the things that can be done already could happen because you walk around with a device tracking device in your pocket all day long Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think it's uh hopefully i mean I, i would say for the listener you know where where uh did we not touch this topic properly um, I think there's a lot of uh, economic conversation to be had, and maybe we need to to get a, a Chinese economy expert on. Um, if you check out the the Hidden Forces podcast episodes that I'll put in the show notes page, a few of those touch on that. So if that's your interest, I would de- definitely recommend those episodes out uh, mm-hmm. to to check those out. So yeah, let us know what you guys think. Let us know your two cents. Six cents makes change. But you heard me. Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media. 